Euzubillahimineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmain. Allahümme allimna ma yenfe'una ve enfe'ana bima allemtena ve zidna ilmen nafiyya. Allahümme erinel hakka hakkan ve erzukna ittiba'e ve erinel batıla batılan ve erzukna içtinabe. Rabbi işrah li sadri ve yessir li emri ve ahlul uqdeten min lisani yefkahu kavli. Esselamu aleyküm ve rahmetullahi ve berekatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Alternatively, you can watch the recordings on the YouTube channel Reflections RN. A rough translation of the text uh, we will be reflecting upon today, inshallah, will also be posted at that website. Again, the address is www.reflections-rn.org. Whether you watch the uh, videos or listen to the to the podcast episodes, please subscribe. Uh, if you're watching videos, please like, uh, please share the links broadly so that we can get this word out there to more people, inshallah. So in this episode, we will begin reading the 22nd word. The 22nd word is about the existence and oneness of God. It is about seeing God's presence uh, in, in, in the signs of his uh, creation wherever we turn. If we were to go with the uh, language of the Kalam scholars, it is about the indication of that which we, that, um, we see, the indication of the seen realm to the unseen realm. That is, indication of what is seen to what is unseen, the indication of what is seen to God. Burhan inni, in other words. Uh, those who have been listening to the episodes of this podcast for a while will remember that when we did the 11th word, I had said that, that the 11th word is a paradigm shifter. The 22nd word is similar to that in the sense that, inshallah, if you understand it and internalize it, it should help us uh, help us see the world with a new, um, in a new light, with a new perspective. Uh, as Ustad Nursi will uh, mention uh, somewhere in the middle of this treatise, we can look at the things that we see out there, the what we call the external world, right? The the objective, substantive world that's out there. We can look look at them in two main ways. One is uh, their what is that Nursi calls manai ismi, the, the nominative meaning, that is, what they indicate in and of themselves, uh, how they point to themselves. So you, you look at the rock and all you see is rock, some min, a combination of some minerals and, and a form. Uh, but the other way, the other way that we can see things is with their manai harfi, that is, their... Um, other indicative, indicative uh, meaning. Inshallah, the details of this we will do when we come to that part of the text, right? But what that means, the gist of it, is that the other indicative meaning 
means that this thing is pointing to something other than itself. The rock is pointing to indicating something other than the rock, and that is its creator. First and foremost, it is its, uh, its creator. So we will you, we can see the 22nd word as an exercise in building our muscles, uh, metaphorically building our muscles, mental muscles, to see God in his creation, to see the signs of creation on created beings. <clears throat> um, as usual, Ustad Nursi provides us with a parable, a representation, helps us understand a concept based on that representation and then moves on to explaining what that that representation what the um, various uh, themes and elements in that representation point to in reality in the real world uh, and as a result of this the treatise has two stations the first station is mostly the examples the representation the parable and the second station is mostly uh, what those examples point to in the real world out there so bismillahirrahmanirrahim uh, Ustad Nursi has two verses at the beginning of the treatise which means that these verses inspired him to write this treatise uh, and those verses are are, are parts of the verses that are quoted here astaghfiru uh, billah this is uh, the verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 25 in the Quran. And God presents examples, representations, uh, similitudes. We can translate this in many ways. Parables, right? Examples is a good word. For people so that they are reminded. They are reminded. Uh, this is an, an essential word like uh, so that they are reminded of what, right? Reminded of, I mean, it can be interpreted in many ways, but in relation to, in the context of this treatise, reminded of the createdness of these objects that we look at, the createdness of the cosmos, and therefore be reminded of the creator. This is knowledge that we already have. That's why we, uh, we, we think of it as being reminded, remembering, because we already met our Lord in Qalu Bala, when, when he asked us, uh, am I not your Lord? And we all answered in that realm of spirits way before we were, we were sent to this world. And we answered Qalu Bala, of course, of course, uh, here we are, you are our uh, Lord. Um, so this is, a, this is an act of remembering. This is not an act of uh, learning at least for the spirit and the heart the lower soul may have a different situation the the lower soul may not uh, you know fit into this but the spirit the spirit uh, that met the lord remembers in this world that knowledge is already in the heart that knowledge is already embedded hardwired into our existence uh, we forget by coming to this world we forget and sometimes live in that state of forgetfulness uh, sometimes we become heedless and can never remember uh, so we need to try not to forget we need to try not to forget and we need to look for reminders in order to remember what we need to remember 
So, وَيَضْرِبُ اللَّهُ الْأَمْثَالَ لِلنَّاسِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَذَكَّرُونَ And the second verse is, وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ And these examples we present for people so that they reflect, right? So these examples are um, reminders and also reflections or means of reflection. We look at these examples, we look at these parables, representations, we look at the world. We look at the world and we remember and we reflect on what it means. We do not just see and move on. We think about, contemplate the meanings that they have. The, if you go with the, the, the terminology we, we already introduced, if we see the manai ismi, the nominative meaning, that is something that will jump on us immediately. We will not have to... Uh, infer reason in order to to to grasp that meaning but manaya harfi the other indicative meaning requires effort on our side requires inference requires contemplation requires remembrance right that manaya harfi that other indicative indicative meanings of things require reflection on our part and that is worship reflection contemplation is worship that is an essential part of why we are sent to this world as conscious um, conscious creatures with partial volition, partial will, and an ability to recognize things, right? We are sent to this world in order to get to know our Lord and worship Him as a consequence uh, and product of our knowledge of, of Him. And in order to do that better and better, in order to excel, progress on that path of knowing Him, we need to uh, be reminded. And when we are reminded, we need to reflect on what we are reminded about, not move, not just pass and, and move on to the next thing. Uh, but if we need to live in a purposeful way in this world and the purpose being worshiping our lord knowing our lord and these two are of course um of course uh, connected uh, at an essential at a fundamental uh, level we worship our lord because uh, and thanks to our knowledge of him if he did not know him he would not be able to worship him so we want to know him and we want to worship him with reflection, with knowledge, inshallah. So let's move to the treatise itself, the text itself. Bismillah. Bir zaman iki adam bir havuzda yıkandılar. Fevkalade bir tesir altında kendilerinden geçtiler. Gözlerini açtıkları vakit gördüler ki acıyıp bir aleme götürülmüşler. Öyle bir alem ki kemali intizamından bir memleket hükmünde, belki bir şehir hükmünde, belki bir saray hükmündedir. Once two men washed in a pool, they lost their senses under an extraordinary influence. When they opened their eyes, they saw that they were taken to an amazing realm. Such a realm that, due to the perfection of its orderliness, it was in effect a country or a city or rather a palace. It's so, they saw it like a country, a city or rather a palace. Why? Because it was orderly. It was not you know random things thrown about, thrown here and there, and moving around without purpose, but it was all purposeful. Now, when I said at the beginning, um, this is 
also a paradigm shifter this is what i mean right we need to imagine ourselves like these two men who washed in a pool and lost their senses forgot you know forgot everything and they found themselves in a new world this world is where we live where we were born what we are used to and we become familiar with it we become desensitized to the meanings that it contains we become so familiar with it that we stop recognizing it children are not like that children you know whenever they see something new and interesting they say what is this why is this why is that why is that there is a there's a stage in the development of small children where the intellect starts to kick in and uh, when they start to recognize uh, things and and become aware of the world around them they will keep asking these questions so but over time we lose that sense and we uh we we don't we don't assume this this is not a conscious process but we live as though we know everything and everything is clear and open and you know there's nothing further to to investigate and learn and wonder about no the world is full of wonders and we need to uh, build ourselves up to that point where we recognize those wonders as wonders right so they open their eyes you know they washed in a pool they try we we all were somewhere then we all went through the wombs of our mothers and then we came to this world and we found ourselves here right assume that you found yourself here new without any exposure to anything yet without recognizing anything around what with the full faculties of your intellect and your senses and so on and so forth they looked around and they you know, opened their eyes and they looked around and they saw that they were in an amazing realm. This is an amazing realm. Such a realm that due to the perfection of its orderliness, it was in effect a country, a city, or rather a palace. It was an organized place, right? Things were not random. Things were organized. And, you know, when we said we will have the full knowledge of, you know, what we know, what are organized, countries are organized, you have you know if, if it is an organized if it, if it is not a failed state right you have a government you have a parliament you have a president you whatever you have uh, laws you have institutions uh, cities are organized you have roads you have uh, you know power lines you have waterways you have uh, sewerage you have uh, you know sanitation systems you have again certain laws and regulations uh, you have houses there are rules that govern how people enter these houses etc etc it's like a palace it's it's not only uh organized but it's also uh beautified right it's beautiful it is ornamented it is uh, orderly there are servants you know moving around and doing things etc but it is but it's it's not only organized it's also beautified and made comfortable for the dwelling of the people inhabiting in uh, for the inhabitation of the people who are brought there to live kemali hayretlerinden etraflarına baktılar gördüler ki bir cihette bakılsa azim bir alem görünüyor bir cihette bakılsa muntazam bir memleket bir cihette bakılsa mükemmel bir şehir diğer bir cihette bakılsa gayet muhteşem bir alemi içine almış bir saraydır they looked around in a state of complete bewilderment, right? That complete wonder, complete awe. This was new and interesting, and uh, it it reflected 
power and wisdom and concentration and and also mercy and beauty and majesty right they were in a state of bewilderment they saw that if they if uh, that if looked in one respect a tremendous realm was seen they looked in one respect uh, with, with certain considerations in mind or from a certain perspective point of view and they saw that it was a tremendous realm look at the realm look at the cosmos look at how tiny we are in this huge thing that we call the cosmos yet yet so much is going on on this tiny small world already right in another respect when looked when they looked from another respect it was a perfect city and yet, yet in another respect it was a palace palace but not a simple palace not not a uh, you know like 100 meters by 50 uh, meters you know tiny palace uh, built only for the uh, in the dwelling of a king and his servants and so on so no it was a palace with an utmostly magnificent realm in it the palace right contained the realm the realm itself the cosmos the the, the seen and the unseen the the observable easily observable realm and the, the other aspects of this realm that only uh, that we can only see uh, with, with with the elevation of the the spirits to higher stations it was a magnificent realm şu acayip alemde gezerek seyran ettiler gördüler ki bir kısım mahluklar var bir tarz ile konuşuyorlar fakat bunlar onların dillerini bilmiyorlar yalnız işaretlerinden anlaşılıyor ki mühim işler görüyorlar ve ehemmiyetli vazifeler yapıyorlar so they looked around traveling in this amazing realm they did not they did not stay put where they are they were curious they were bewildered they wanted to get to know what's going on here they started to travel and look around they were not just you know walking by but they were observing and beholding things and watching and trying to understand and observe right so they looked around traveling in this amazing realm now how much of this realm have we traveled we have traveled perhaps the, the the face of the earth and you know we are we are probing this space so but our eyes also travel right we we, we uh, cast our eyes all through the realm through the cosmos and god tells us to cast our eyes in you know to cast to see the perfection in it uh, uh, and if you cast our eyes to see deficiency and defects and so on so forth, we will fail we won't be able to see so the opposite of that is we cast our eyes to see the perfection in the creation and the, the amazing the amazing qualities of the realm we cast our eyes to see that they saw that there were some creatures that spoke in a style in a way but these two did not know their languages they did not understand so what the, there are creatures around and the, this world is full of this cosmos and especially this world uh, where there's life is flow creatures we look around and we see flowers we see trees we see rocks we see butterflies we see fish we see um, animals we see all sorts of things elements and molecules and trees and plants mountains oceans uh, we see the stars in the sky the moon the, the the sun this is this is the realm that is accessible to us this is what we work with right this is the material we have this is what we have and this is what we work with right they saw that there were some creatures that spoke in a style but these two did not know their languages now we look around 
and we don't just see things out there that are just sitting there or standing there, just being there. No, they are not just being there, they are speaking. So this is one of the paradigm shifts, right? We look around and we see things and when we see them, we look with the assumption, with the not assumption, with the understanding that they are speaking, they are signaling messages, they are saying things, and they are saying things to us and to their creator and to other creatures. But you know, from our perspective, what matters is that they are saying things to us. So next time I look at a tree, I don't just look and see a tree and say, oh, tree, I look and think about what do you have to tell to me? Oh, tree, what do you have to tell to me? Oh, bird, what are you saying to me? Oh, star, what is the message that you are trying to convey to me? Now, we don't understand their languages. They don't speak in the language that we speak. I am speaking human language and among human languages. Right now, I am speaking the English language. And by convention, by the establishment of the meanings of the sounds that I'm uttering over centuries and through a process of acquisition and learning, we share that language. And when I say, say, uh, microphone, you understand a certain object, a microphone, you understand a microphone. If I went back five centuries in history to England and spoke to people still speaking English and I said microphone, they would not understand anything because that would be a word that is not in their language, but I would still be speaking. Or alternatively, some people say uh, speak sign language, right? If I, uh, if I, if I did, did this, right, that means I love you in sign language. If you don't know it, I'm just, you know, putting my fingers in a weird way and pointing that, that, that to you, right? You may confuse it with other signs, but in sign language, that means I love you. So this is communication when I understand, when you understand what I said. This is communication when I am able to understand the meaning that is being conveyed to me with the signals, the sounds, and so on and so forth. But, but if I don't understand, or if you don't understand what I'm signaling, that does not mean that I'm not speaking. So if I don't know the language that the tree is speaking, if I don't know the language that the bird is speaking or the rock is speaking, that does not mean that the bird is not speaking, the tree is not speaking, the rock is not. They are speaking. It is my deficiency in not being able to understand them. And I need to make an effort to understand what they are saying. Right? But these two did not know their languages. However, it was understood from their signals that they performed important tasks and fulfilled significant duties. So these things that do signal meanings, uh, one of the meanings that they are signaling is that, look, I have a place in this creation and I have a function in it and my function and place in the creation is given to me according to a wisdom I am fulfilling something important. I am a dust particle, a speck um, floating in the air that you see when sun ray, the rays of sun come through the, uh, the window. I am a tiny speck that you see when the rays of the sun come through the window, but otherwise you do not even recognize my existence. But yet I have an important place in this creation. I am speaking. It's up to you. 
it's up to you to find out what it is that I am speaking, I am saying, and what that significant uh, role that I'm playing in this creation. What it is that, that, that I am fulfilling as a duty in this creation. It is up to you. It is up to you because it's not up to the rock. The rock does not have eyes. The, the, the rock does not have the ability to, to, does not have sight, does not have the ability to see, does not have hearing, does not have um, consciousness at, at the level that we have, does not have self-awareness, does not have the ability to process the messages, does not have intelligence. We as human beings have all of those and therefore there is a duty that's on our shoulders. We need to... We need to learn to to carry that uh, that, that that load, uh, fulfill that duty, so that we too would be fulfilling our function in the creation, right? If that speckle dust is fulfilling its creative its its function in the creation, right? Fulfilling its duty in the creation, it's good for it. It did its job, but if we are not fulfilling our purpose. If we are not performing our duty, what falls on us, then we are beneath that speck of dust. We are lower than a speck of dust. And we don't want to be there. We want to, we want to be elevated, right? We want to be elevated. O iki adamdan birisi arkadaşına dedi ki, Şu acib alemin elbette bir müdebbiri ve şu muntazam memleketin elbette bir maliki. Şu mükemmel, mükemmel şehrin bir sahibi, şu musanna sarayın bir ustası vardır. Biz çalışmalıyız, onu tanımalıyız. Çünkü anlaşılıyor ki bizi buraya getiren odur. Onu tanımazsak kim bize medet verecek? Dillerini bilmediğimiz ve onlar bizi dinlemedikleri şu aciz mahluklardan ne bekleyebiliriz? Hem koca bir alemi bir memleket suretinde, bir şehir tarzında, bir saray şeklinde yapan, ve baştan başa harika şeylerle dolduran ve müzeyyenatın envaiyle tezyin eden ve ibret nüma mucizatlarla donatan bir zat. Elbette bizden ve buraya gelenlerden bir istediği vardır. Onu tanımalıyız. Hem ne istediğini bilmekliğimiz lazımdır. One of those two men said to his friend, so they were in a sense born into this world. Uh, they were bewildered by its beauty and orderliness and so on and so forth. They started to look around and you know, they, they recognized that things were speaking, although even though they did not understand, things were speaking. So one of them was intelligent and put two and two together and, and turned to his friend and conveyed to his friend what he understood from this situation. He said, Surely, this amazing realm has an administrator. This orderly country has an owner. This perfect city has a possessor, and this artful palace has a masterful builder. We should try and know him, for it is understood that it is he who brought us here. If we do not get to know him, who will give us aid? What can we expect from these powerless creatures whose languages we do not know and who do not listen to us? Moreover, of course, a person who fashions a vast realm in the form of a country, the style of a city, and the shape of a palace, then fills it with wondrous things from one end to the other, adorns it with the varieties of adornments, and furnishes it with meaningful edifying miracles, wants something from us and those who come here. We should get to know him. We should get to know him. And it is necessary that we find out what he wants. Right? So, surely this amazing realm has an administrator. 
everything is in moving in orderly fashion and things that would uh, you know things are doing even things that would be to their disadvantage this tree started growing and it grew grew grew and it came to a point and it stopped it's not going beyond that as though somebody told it okay up to this point it is yours but beyond this point i have other uh, creatures here i have other uh, inhabitants of this land and i am designating that space for the others same with the plant it keep growing growing and then stopped same with the body my hand when I, as i was a young child a small child i kept growing and growing and it came to a point and it stopped growing had other parts of my my body kept growing and my uh, stopped growing at the you know full mature size that my body uh, reached and my hand kept growing it would become a burden on me and things like this happen from time to time in the creation and and and one wisdom in that is that god with that god shows us look this could have happened but it's not happening and it's not happening because of my intervention because of my will and in this i have mercy on you in this i have love for you and in this you should see that i am caring for you i'm nurturing you in this world i'm nurturing this whole world as a cosmos as a uh, ecology as a system right surely this amazing realm has an administrator this orderly country has an owner and all of this investment all of this material all of this effort and work and of course it will have an owner it this perfect city city has a possessor somebody is in charge here and this artful artful palace has a masterful builder right now we said we are born but we are born all the consciousness and um and and and primary knowledge that we need in order to process this world right we know that a palace like this an organized beautified structure like this can only be brought into existence by somebody who is conscious and aware and has knowledge um, and, and has life and he sees and understands and grasps hears and has power so so that he built it right when we look at a even a tiny hut let alone a palace but even if you even when we look at a tiny hut say a brick hut we don't think oh the bricks somewhere the the, the um the clay in the ground somehow mixed up with certain things and then it was somehow hardened and those hardened um cubic objects somehow came on top of one another and the hut came in no we say somebody built this if we see a tiny deserted hut in the middle of the forest we say oh somebody was here somebody was here somebody was doing all of these things somebody is doing all of these things because it's not like a deserted abundant hut uh, that we see here what we see here is um in motion constantly changing and evolving and and and transforming but as it transforms it still transforms in a uh, in an organized and beautiful uh, purposeful fashion we should try and know him so that person exists this realm has an administrator a possessor an owner a builder we should try to know him why 
why should we not you know try to know him what what well for it is understood that it is he who brought us here i mean if he's in charge of everything that there, there is nothing that's beyond his uh his control right and that is necessitated by the orderliness of this whole thing because if if uh there was not that order things would fall into chaos right since it's understood that everything is in order uh, it's understood that everything is under his charge and we are here we are under his charge too he brought us here if you do not get to know him who will give us aid who will help us we as these you know two individuals born naked and powerless and impotent into this world need help look we we have these you know we are starting to have this pain in our in our stomachs and we know that we need to eat eat things but we don't own anything here we are not in charge of anything we don't control anything here right we need to ask from the one who is in charge if we do not get to know him who will give us aid who will give us aid? everything is under his control so nothing will give us anything if it is not uh by his command and through him or from him if it is not from him so we need to get to know him that is the that is the the um that should be the object of our attention right now what can we expect from these powerless creatures even if we were to think that we will go get it from the creatures here rather than the one who is in charge of the creatures right if you look carefully and try to understand their nature they're powerless they do not have the power to to um to to affect anything nor do they have the power to uh, prevent harm from themselves or from us for themselves or for for us right if you do not get to know him who will give us aid what can we expect from these powerless creatures whose languages we do not know and who do not listen to us moreover we don't know their languages moreover they don't listen to us they don't they don't uh, you know follow our orders you know i don't you know, the tree is there in the middle of the uh, winter and i i turn to the tree and say give me a peach what happens nothing nothing happens because the tree is not going to listen to my order it's not going to listen to my command only when the spring comes uh, and god commands it to come back to life the tree comes back to life only when god commands it to bear fruits it bears fruits it's not even me putting things together in terms of you know giving it the uh giving it water and exposing it to sunlight and uh giving it fertilizer and whatever first of all as we went through this exercise before on my own i cannot even lift my hand i cannot lift my hand on my own we should all keep saying this to ourselves i cannot lift my hand on my own i cannot uh, blink my eyes on my own i cannot move my lips on my own all of these things and everything that i do i incline to doing it right i i, I you know start the trigger but from there on it is this all machinery that's working and there is a power that's making it work right so i did not bring water there i just inclined to 
the acts that would mean bringing water there but from there on it was him who was he was in charge and even even if you know even if he were to assume the inconceivable and say that i brought water there then what that water went through the veins of the the uh, the tubulars of the tree to each and every one of its cells and there it fulfilled the function it was received in a certain way it did a certain thing what involvement do i have in that right i don't have any involvement in that right they don't listen to us they don't listen to me they listen to another power and i want to reach that power i want to get to know that power i want to i want to build a relationship i want to connect to that power i want to build a relationship with that power right they don't listen to us moreover of course a person who fashions a vast realm in the form of a country the style of a city and the shape of a palace then fills it with wondrous things from one end to, to the other adorns it with the varieties of adornments and furnishes it with meaningfully edifying miracles wants something from us and those who come he come here right i mean this is so much going on here so much orderliness so much beauty so much purpose so much wisdom so much um exertion of uh, of power so much knowledge that is required for this whole thing to happen right so whoever is doing this whoever is doing this doing it for a purpose and whoever put me here as this conscious being he is expecting something he must be expecting something from me this this basically this cannot be for nothing this cannot be futile right the one who is doing this we can look around and see has wisdom he is doing whatever he do does in a wisdomful way and therefore my existence here is also subject to a wisdom he must want something he wants something from me and for those who come here it's not only me but everybody who comes here he wants something from us all now the next question is are we going to say so be it what's it to me or are we going to say we should get to know him <laughs> we should get to know him we need him here nothing responds to us we don't understand their languages nothing listens to us we need support we need aid we are important we are weak we we are needy we need his power his intervention to fulfill our needs but also also we want to know him because there is something beyond this we want to know him for you know safeguarding ourselves at the basic level that most basic level for safeguarding ourselves for what comes after this because we see that those like us all come here and then move on so we will move on to somewhere to we need to safeguard ourselves there and it's only through him that we can do it right but also he's so majestic he's so beautiful he's so he he's so merciful so powerful uh, that i am hardwired to want to know him right this is not even a logical rational matter this is this is something that comes from inside say it the heart say it the soul so whatever you say it. i am hardwired 
I'm hardwired to need to know him. Nothing will uh, calm my inner anxiety down until I get to know him. Until I get to know his presence and feel myself in his presence and know that I am working to get to him. I'm working to, I'm moving toward him. Right? Until I know that I'm moving, moving toward him, I, I, I won't be able to, I won't be able to find tranquility. It is only through his remembrance. It is only through uh, his knowledge uh, and, and the knowledge of or, or, or recognition of being his presence. Only through that, that our hearts will find tranquility. Öteki adam dedi, inanmam böyle bahsettiğin gibi bir zat bulunsun ve bütün bu alemi tek başıyla idare etsin. Now, remember, we have two uh, human beings. We have two friends. They are uh, travel companions. They are traveling around and looking around. And, you know, they are bewildered. They are both bewildered. And one of them, you know, put two and two together and started to recognize what's going on here. But the other one, he said, İnanmam böyle bahsettiğin gibi bir zat bulunsun ve bütün bu alemi tek başıyla idare etsin. I don't believe that there will be a person such as the one you have mentioned and that he will administer the entire realm on his own. Why? Why? Just doesn't, doesn't believe. The, there is no good reason to not, not um, believe that there is someone in charge. Now, this is still the parable, right? In the parable, we are thinking about a country, a city, a palace, a house, a, an orderly structure, right? And in our human realm, it is people who organize these things. It be it a king, be it a parliament uh, with a uh, metaphysical personality and therefore acting in, in unison, being a president, be it a president, be it a, a village head, be it the king, be it whatever, right? There's no good reason not to recognize that someone is in charge here. But this other friend, which must be very puzzling for, for the intelligent one who you know put two and two together, the other friend does not want to put two and two together. And he just says, I don't believe that there will be a person such as the one you have mentioned and that he will administer the entire realm on his own. Arkadaşı cevaben dedi ki, bunu tanımazsak, lakayt kalsak, menfaati hiç yok, zararı olsa pek azimdir. Eğer tanımasına çalışsak, meşakkati pek hafiftir, menfaati olursa pek azimdir. Onun için ona karşı lakayt kalmak hiç kâr akıl değildir. Now the intelligent friend responded, Look, if you do not get to know him, and if you remain indifferent, there is no benefit in that. If there is harm, it will be utterly tremendous. If you try to know him, the hardship involved is utterly light, and if there is benefit, it is utterly tremendous. Therefore, remaining indifferent to him is not rational at all. Right? So here, his the intelligent friend is using the full capacity of his intelligence. Right? He is not starting from um, revelation because in the parable we still don't have revelation. Right? The that 
administrator person in charge did not reveal himself to these two friends they are still working things with their intellect uh, with their uh, with their senses uh, and there, there might be the news that they are uh, receiving from here and there to like those things uh, the, those creatures that they saw and whose language that they did not understand still with their states with tongue of their states they are signaling to them that they are fulfilling functions so they are receiving information uh, that is conveyed to them they are receiving information through their senses and they are using their intellect and this is what we have so far right they, we don't have revelation but even before that we are at the level of what makes sense what makes sense is that there is an administrator a possessor an owner a builder uh, that is in charge of this whole thing right and it it also makes sense for us to get to know him and uh have a relationship with him right but if you are going to tell me no uh, you know that's i don't believe that what that means is that you have not given enough consideration to this you have not thought this through uh, properly right because there's no good reason for for us not to believe uh, in his existence and even before that before believing or not believing in his existence the act of not contemplating his existence right that is not what you want to do that's a dangerous thing to do because who's going to help us we have, we need all these things and we don't have anybody in in you know in appearance uh in the in the visible realm we don't have anybody anything that's going to help us if we remain indifferent there is no benefit in that there is no benefit in not recognizing him in not building a relationship with him if he exists right? if he exists there is no nothing wrong there is no harm in seeking his knowledge in looking for him in trying to connect to him there is no whatsoever uh harm uh, in this and there is no whatsoever benefit in remaining indifferent to him right if there is harm right so there's no benefit in remaining indifferent to him but if there is harm right because i mean this is an if clause but if you think properly about it since we cannot receive aid from anything there of course harm right there is harm in the absence of the benefit that we need at the least but if there is harm it will be utterly tremendous left alone here forlorn we will not be able to survive we will be in pains the the the, the harm is utterly tremendous and at the end of this whole thing if there's nobody in charge we don't see anything beyond this we will be condemned to non-existence complete non-existence we along with everything that we get attached here we, we we get to love here if we try to know him the hardship involved is utterly light you know you will think a little bit but you know it is a light hardship and it might even become pleasurable uh because you know contemplating reflecting upon upon uh the signs of creation is a pleasurable thing at the end of the day but if there is benefit it is utterly tremendous we will get to know the one who is in charge of this palace and and also what comes after this 
Therefore, remaining indifferent to him is not rational at all. If you are doing this in the name of science, in the name of reason, in the name of whatever nonsense that you have in mind that you think is ref, uh, representing the, the, the intellect and reason, you are wrong. The intellect requires that you give consideration to the existence of someone who is in charge in the face of your recognition of the orderliness in this cosmos, the beauty in this cosmos, and many other things that this cosmos is signaling to you. Right? That is the rational, reasonable, intelligent thing to do. And you should do it. O serseri adam dedi. Ben bütün rahatımı, keyfimi onu düşünmemekte görüyorum. Hem böyle aklıma sığışmayan şeylerle uğraşmayacağım. Bütün bu işler tesadüfi ve karma karışık işlerdir. Kendi kendine dönüyor, benimleme lazım. That vagabond man said. Right, vagabond, he's serseri. It's a dif difficult word to translate. Uh, it's, um, you know, his, he, his head is... His head is not under restraint, right? That will be somewhat of a literal translation. Basically, he's um, carefree, does not recognize any rules, regulations, norms. Uh, he wants to be free um, in an absolute sense and does not recognize that that is inconceivable. One who is free from the restraints of uh, God's commands, what is forbidden and what is permitted is a slave to his own lower soul, right? So he confused freedom with being a, a slave to his, uh, to one's lower soul, right? But he, he, he, he was in that sense, he was vagabond, right? He said, I see all my comfort and enjoyment in not thinking about him. So what's the point for him? Comfort and enjoyment. I see all my comfort and enjoyment in not thinking about him. Now, that is not correct. He is confusing things. He is mistaken. There is no comfort and enjoyment in not thinking about him. Comfort and enjoyment is in thinking about him and, and, and recognizing him. And Ustad Nursi talks about this elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, this is what he says. He is confused, he is mistaken, he is forlorn. He says, I see all my comfort and enjoyment in not thinking about him. Moreover, I will not deal with such things that my intellect cannot handle. All these affairs are coincidental and chaotic. It is happening on its own. What is it to me? So he is assuming this is all. He does not see the order in the cosmos. Cosmos, by definition, means order. Uh, order, orderly creation or, or things put together in an orderly fashion but what he looks and he sees chaos because he is not looking with the right perspective he is not looking to see beauty, see beauty he is not looking to see order why because he says he explains right he gave us to, to, to the reason to understand this he thinks that if there is order, he will be. He will have to be a part of it. He will have to be subject to order, and he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to be subject to order, right? Akıllı arkadaş ona dedi, senin bu temerrüdün beni de belki çokları da belaya atacaktır. Bir edepsizin yüzünden bazen olur ki bir memleket harab olur. His intelligent friend said to him, 
This obstinacy of yours will put me and many others into trouble. Sometimes it happens that an entire country is ruined because of one ill-mannered person. Right? So this is not only about you. This is not a problem only for you. This is a problem for me too. This is a problem for me too because you and I are both part of a system. And when a cog misfunctions in the machinery, in the system, in the ecology, everything is harmed by that, right? When you burn so much carbon fuel and put so much carbon in the air, in the atmosphere, and the atmosphere warms up, and there is this climate change, meaning that we are getting warmer and warmer, you may be in a first world country, a developed country, benefiting from the so-called advantages of this whole process but within a couple of centuries you ruined this whole place that, that that that this whole planet and i living in i don't know pakistan or somali or bangladesh or you know somewhere where the the benefits and fruits of that development that progress that industry has not reached uh, on on full scale yet i am i am suffering from it Things like this do not happen only on a material scale. We are subject to a whole system that has material and metaphysical aspects. And when things go wrong on the metaphysical aspects of reality, that too harms everything altogether. These are connected. So when people sin defiantly, openly and defiantly in a country there will be consequences for that we will not i mean unless our hearts are open to these things we will not see the direct what we may call causal connection between the sin and say the earthquake or between the sin and say the uh pandemic right it is connected our misbehavior and this does not only have to be sin in the sense of uh, of not following God's commands, because the, those commands apply to those who are who have faith, and people who do not have faith also also perform misdeeds uh, in in in this world that leads to to consequences that are harmful to to, to, to everybody, right? the indiscriminate killing of of life on this planet the indiscriminate killing of life on this planet and what i mean by this is not just taking a uh, a bow and arrow and shooting animals or taking a gun and shooting animals but rather indiscriminate killing of life on this planet by causing the the the, the environments where many different species can live to disappear by reducing the, the the the the food supply by reducing the oxygen in the water by reducing the oxygen in the air and so on and so forth all of these things right all of these things at a, at a level are sinful at a or are disobedient right why because there are two kinds of sharia that we know one is the Teshriya Sharia, the Sharia that we know as revealed uh, 
that that God reveals to people through His prophets, and the last and most perfect and lasting Sharia is the one that is revealed to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we are all subject to it. We are all accountable uh, before it. This is one kind of Sharia, and we are accountable before it as believers. The non-believers are also accountable for it, but they did not even come to that point where they can be held accountable for it. They are held accountable for their belief or not. They, they, they are not even in its uh, circle yet, right? But there's another kind of Sharia. That is the Taqwini Sharia. That is the Sharia of the creation, right? God created these realms according to certain uh, according to a certain order and within that order, that order manifests in the form of patterns of regularity, laws. So if I, the, the law is that fire burns. If I put my hand in fire, I'm going to burn my hand. The law is that sharp objects cut. If I press a sharp knife onto my palm, it's going to cut. The law is that if you put, put uh, too much carbon in the atmosphere, it holds more uh, heat and the temperature rises. So if I put more carbon in the atmosphere, the temperature is going to rise. If I am not following the order, if I'm not following the law that, that the atmosphere does not, will not uh, tolerate more than this level of carbon, I am being disobedient. I am disobeying the laws of creation. So, and this has both physical and metaphysical consequences, or this has both metaphysical and physical meanings. On a physical scale, what it means is that I put more carbon in the air and, you know, sucking up heat and so on and so forth. On a metaphysical scale, I am being disobedient to the, to the, the, the, the, the ruler, the administrator, the, the possessor, the owner, the builder of this place. So the intelligent friend told to the other one this obstinacy of yours will put me and many others into trouble sometimes it happens that an entire country is ruined because of one ill-mannered person once again that one ill-mannered person that may be sinful acts uh, start from lying don't start from that's a that's a that's a tremendous uh ill behavior, right? Lying, killing, uh, backbiting, not having concern for our neighbors, um, sexual misconduct, all of these things, all of these things that are against the Sharia, revealed Sharia, and against the Sharia of creation, they all have consequences on the whole system. And that system, that reality, is not only physical, it is physical and metaphysical, and it has consequences on the whole thing, and we are all harmed. That harms all of us. And the opposite of this is that when people do good, when people do good, the whole system flourishes. The whole system works better. And that's why if we exist, we exist for the sake of those who have attained that station of God's, um, God's friendship. 
sainthood, right? We exist for the sake of the innocent ones, children, innocent animals. If, if, the, the, if the whole thing is not just coming apart and, and exploding, it's not, that's not happening because there still are people who say, Allah, who say, Allahu Akbar, God is the greatest, who believe in God. And when that ceases to be the case, when everybody, where nobody says Allah, Allah in this world any longer, it will explode. That will be the the trigger of the, the rising, the, the, the, the hour, the last day, the day of judgment. SubhanAllah. We need to be careful. We need to be careful about what we think, what we say, how we behave. We don't we, we don't want ill-mannered people in this in this universe in this cosmos uh, we and and and we we don't want ill-mannered people and the, the solution to that is to help them to fix their manners inshallah so that vagabond person will start to speak some sense there, there will be some sense in him as we will see here in this sentence it it seems that he is at least starting to consider the possibility of that the existence of that ruler that administrator uh, it seems that he is scared enough about the consequences of this this you know whole problem that that is here uh, not fulfilling his function so he turned to his friend and said Yine o serseri dönüp dedi ki ya katiyen bana ispat et ki bu koca memleketin tek bir maliki tek bir sani vardır yahut bana ilişme. Then again that vagabond turned and said either prove to me definitively that this vast realm has only one owner and only one maker or otherwise do not bother me. So at least he is now willing to listen to listen to the the, the proofs that the intelligent uh, friend has for some people do, do, do not even listen right and you can't do anything for them they are they are, they are lost they are lost in their uh, in, in their aggrandized uh, selves you can't do anything anything for, for them right but this person his vagabond and so on and so forth at least he now turned and said okay if you think if you are saying that that's the case and if you are suggesting that the the, the bad consequences of not not recognizing him him might be so bad then at least then prove it to me right either prove to me definitively that this vast realm has only one owner and only one maker or i mean and, and all the consequences of that right you he's in charge you are under his command you will have to listen to it and so on and so forth or do not bother me so now the good friend has a task right has has a mission to fulfill. Cevaben arkadaşı dedi. Madem inadın divanelik derecesine çıkmış, o inadınla bizi ve belki memleketi bir kahra giriftar edeceksin. Ben de sana 12 burhan ile göstereceğim ki bir saray gibi şu alemin, bir şehir gibi şu memleketin tek bir ustası vardır. Ve o usta her şeyi idare eden yalnız odur. Hiçbir cihetle noksaniyeti yoktur. Bize görünmeyen o usta Bizi ve her şeyi görür ve sözlerini işitir. Bütün işleri mucize ve harikadır. Bütün bu gördüğümüz ve dillerini bilmediğimiz şu mahluklar onun memurlarıdır. In response, right? He he has a mission now. He uh, he took the challenge, right? Because it is reasonable, right? What he 
understood by putting two and two together is reasonable it is clear as daylight and therefore it's demonstrable right because this the, the vagabond said demonstrate it to me show it to me prove it to me and this friend will now say okay okay i'll do it that's easy only only use your intellect he said since your stubbornness has reached the degree of lunacy and you will bring scourge to on, scourge on us with your stubbornness right because i mean I, I cannot just leave you alone and that's our situation too right we cannot just leave non like disbelievers alone this doesn't mean that we go and force them to believe because belief is not something that you that can happen through uh, coercion right but we cannot leave them alone either we need to provide them the good reasons uh, and good example and we cannot just live as though they do not exist no this is part of our function in this world we need to provide uh, the, the, the logic and the model right i will show to you with 12 demonstrations that this realm which is like a palace and this country which is like a city has only one builder and it is only that builder who administers everything he has no deficiency in any way that builder who is not visible to us sees us and everything and he hears their words all his works are miraculous and wondrous all these creatures that we see yet do not understand their languages are his officials so he's not going to prove uh, the existence of that administrator only but this good friend has looked around and what he has grasped in the cosmos in the orderliness beauty and so on and so forth of the cosmos gives him information further information about that administrator that creator he is on the path of recognizing him and he is able to gather information about him from this right and he says i'm going to show it to you with 12 demonstrations now we will not start the demonstrations themselves this is the beginning of the story and the story continues because the 12 demonstrations we will see will still be uh in the story the intelligent friend telling the vagabond friend intelligent uh, friend demonstrating to the vagabond uh, friend therefore we will still be within the paradigm of the parable uh, but everything will start to make sense inshallah as we read those demonstrations and then we will move on to the reality of these we will get out of the story and start thinking more deeply and in more detail about the reality uh, that we are observing in our, in our in our world and that will be the second station of the 22nd word uh, inshallah now this friend says 12 demonstrations and demonstration is a is a is a uh, you know strong word it has a strong claim to um it has it, it a strong claim in uh, in logic right he's not just saying i'm going to provide evidence he's not just saying i'm going to uh, provide uh, proof demonstration very very the, the gist of the meaning of the word demonstration or burhan is that it formally provides a line of argument line of reasoning that is valid formally valid and what you put into it uh, I mean the, the the subjects and the and and the predicates and so on and so forth of this line of thinking all correspond to reality that's out there in the world, and therefore it is foolproof. It is uh, if you it, if you if you if you still reject it, 
right? If you still reject it, you are rejecting it because there's something wrong with your intellect or with your ability to use your, use your intellect. So it's a strong word. And this, this intelligent friend says, it is so clear in my mind and my heart and my intellect that I can prove this to you with demonstrations and not only one, but 12 demonstrations for the existence and oneness of God, that he is the one who is in charge of everything. He is the only one that has built and administers everything. He is perfect. He has no deficiency in any way. Uh, he sees us and he is, hears us and sees and ev hears everything. And um, all his works are miraculous in the meaning that all everything that we see around us uh, us, us uh, works of products of outcomes of his his power and therefore they are wondrous this is not something that can happen on its own uh, through anything that exists in this visible realm right so there there is a power that continuously intervenes in this realm and transforms it puts it from one shape to another modifies it changes it changes it um, is in charge basically right and all these creatures that we see yet do not understand their languages are his officials everything is obedient uh, to him and of course the natural consequence of that will be that we we too should be obedient to him so inshallah we will continue with these demonstrations in the next episode subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha allahumma